All right. Well, all right. <clears throat> this is episode 23, 24. And it feels like I'm interrogating you today. Yes, you are. Yeah. It's feels back a, and forth. It feels a Where's little bit more. the bright more... light on my face? Yeah. Where were <laughs> you the, the night of? That's kind of what it feels like. But today we are switching it up a little bit. We usually talk about different misconceptions or foundations of the faith. Topics. Today, yeah, I, I know we we just we're talking and um, we really want to bring it uh, to scripture this week, and it really goes in hand with what we're talking about actually at Bethel's Rock at, at church on right. Sundays. The right. the creation series in the beginning is what yeah. It's you taught. know you know what's interesting is uh, you know when you're young you you're living life and you're you're dealing with particular issues that you wrestle with, and I think we've dealt with a lot of those topics. Um, but you know, just recently I had a chance to go down to the creation museum and Ark encounter, and it's pretty impressive to see the Ark an actual size of an Ark. That's, that's pretty amazing Mm -hmm. when you drive up on it. But while I was there, what I really begin to recognize is, uh, how little we actually talk about creation. Cause I think a lot of Christians, um, uh, are intimidated by it. Yeah. They believe the Bible account of creation. Most of most Christians, I think, would say, "Yeah, I believe the." But but they also wrestle with this idea of how the science, or at least the kind of science that they've been given, fits into that story. Hmm. And rather than uh, try to figure it out, yeah. and then maybe fi- end up, uh, you know, it's almost like they're scared to find out that they might be wrong about the yeah. creation account. So I'm just going to leave it alone yeah. and just believe it. And uh, a lot of scientists call that, you know, he's the God of the gaps. I mean, yeah. Whenever we can't explain mm-hmm. something, we say God's the answer to it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is science, uh, there's no such thing really as creation science because in order for there to be a such thing as science, you have to have observable and to be able to verify, and you can do neither of those in creation. And so uh, about a year ago, last October, I really started looking into more why even as leaders, spiritual leaders, we don't talk about creation yeah. and, um, and really started pursuing that. And then we kind of put together a series that talks about that more and so yeah we wanted to get into the word maybe bring this up a little according to the word so yeah i'm like going to the the ark encounter Mm -hmm. like was not really going there because that was the like purpose of me traveling there was to go there um i actually we were on a vacation for something else and that happened to be along the way so i was like in my brain i didn't know what to expect going to like this Sunday school class or something. (laughs) That's what it was. It was almost like when my friends would ask me about the ark or the science and creation, I I oftentimes just stay away from it because I'm like, you know, like let's start at Jesus because if Jesus is real, like I think a a dude can raise from the grave. I don't think anything's off the table. And, but going to that, uh, that ark was, it puts everything in perspective in the fairy tale that you see in cartoon books and our paintings on the wall. You look at like the intricacies and how all the animals fit in the boat. And, and you think, well, there's a, there's dinosaurs and there's these big animals on the boat. How do they all fit in this boat? And you think, well, they, 
they could start off as they, they could start off as babies two by two and and it, it was really interesting and, going in there. and all the cartoons have their heads sticking out the side yeah, of the like windows of the arc, in there. you know like they're jammed in you know it's almost like they create a sunday school version of this yeah um you know my daughter is a children's pastor and and so every now and then i'll hear stories about what kids will say and she was talking about the creation story and one of the kids said well that's a great story but you don't really believe it do you you know, I mean, that that's an elementary kid yeah. that's already been told that the creation story doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's funny. And it, it's funny. You showed me a, a post to someone who very respectfully commented on our tenets of atheists mm-hmm. and said it had been great if you had had an atheist there to uh, communicate where what what they really, you know, the context of why those things were said or yeah. where that. But what I would say in response to that is, yeah, it would be nice if Christians had a creationist had the same platform in our elementary school to be mm-hmm. able to communicate creationism and not just have a bunch of people teach evolution and atheism and then then bash creationism as though it's a dumb and stupid pers- uh, uh, outlook on it. Because the reality is there's a lot of validity. In fact, I believe m- the most validity for creationism, even over evolution. I mean, even even Darwin began to doubt that it couldn't exist and even made statements of the fact that yeah. they would have to make a whole lot more discoveries in order for his theory of evolution to be real. Mm-hmm. And and I think what I'm what I see a lot and we all see a lot is we have a lot of scientists saying we now know. Yeah. And we don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a theory. A theory is not law. Law can be proven. Theories cannot be proven. So when it's the theory of evolution, it cannot be proven. We do not know. It's just a theory. And when you start eliminating all other theories because you think this one is the most valid, Mm -hmm. that is not being true to science in and of itself. You can't eliminate the other theories in order to try to get people to believe that a theory is a law. In fact, there was one article I read where someone in the article, a scientist in the article said, whenever you see a scientific theory, you should think of it as a law. Mm -hmm. That that's disingenuous that is not scientific that's checking your brain at the door and saying we don't want you to think through these things to see how impossible it would be for this step we want you to check the your your mind at the door the same thing the same thing they accuse christians of uh, that they check the, their mind at the door when it comes to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to do that in order to believe. They're telling people they need to do when it comes to science. Just believe our theory. Yeah. You don't need to understand it. Just believe it as a law. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just not not true. So I think it does scare away a lot of Christians. Um, and because it's such a complicated thing and it's hard to remember and it's hard to have an argument, it's so large and vast and there's so many perspectives, it really intimidates Christians, kind of pushes them away. Yeah. For the those who are listening and watching right now, what he's referring to, I sent him a text because we've been getting uh, comments on uh, the Tenets of Atheism podcast that we recorded a, a couple weeks ago that you would have seen. I think it was episode 22. Uh, and it was, it was actually funny. Like there's there's been a lot of it's cool that there are a lot of people that are not from our church that are somehow getting these suggested videos on their their feed. And and I've been surprised how respectful they've been. Uh 
that this is one of them. He said, I enjoyed watching this video as I believe the two hosts have good on camera chemistry and honestly communicate their thoughts and beliefs. It is just a shame you have to straw man atheism in order to make their arguments seem more reasonable and rational, which to me, man, like appreciate you watching, uh, you know, the, the full length of the, the episode, like we're glad you're here, and but but that's hypocritical. I mean, you have to strongman atheism. That's yeah. what they do to creationism all the time. You go mm-hmm. to any school in America and public school, and they strongman creationism. They don't even give them an opportunity. They bash. You go to our universities. You go to every state university in the country, and Christian kids who believe in creationism will go there, and they strongman them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's very. Uh, disingenuous and hypocritical to say that uh, we're doing that. We just openly gave the platform that the modern atheists give. We mm-hmm. basically took that right from their books and their their own website. We didn't add to what they said. We didn't take away. We just yeah. said how we disagree with it and how we don't believe it's true. And so, yeah, today we're gonna be more so focusing on you know. I think uh, we've gone into the realm of atheism and we've gone into the realm of the science and the creation mm-hmm. behind them. But ultimately, that's not the reason why you follow Christ, right? Like yeah. we, we believe, I was just actually talking with some of my volunteers and I was asking them, I was like, why do you believe in Jesus? Right. And they started with an experience to me. And then I, po- I was on the position of uh, a Muslim. And so I started arguing with them from a Muslim's point of view. And then quickly their arguments fell apart. Now we defeat the enemy by the the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But I think that that doesn't mean that we should be lazy and being prepared with the response. Um, And the really cool thing is when, what we look to, we look to the word and this and John one, one that we said we wanted to talk about, is really pointing to Jesus, but it's really cool because it's also a drawback to Genesis when in the beginning God created, he spoke uh, the word into existence. So I'm going to read that right now and then we'll stop and we'll kind of break that down. Um, If you guys have your Bibles, you're listening right now, I'm going to read it to you, but otherwise you can open it up as well. Uh, In John 1, 1, 1 through 5, um, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Thoughts? Well, it's interesting because throughout the well, in the Old Testament, it said in the beginning, and mm-hmm. then it refers to in the beginning. You see that a number of times yeah. uh, in Scripture. And John does it in uh, John 1.1. 1, 1, he says, in the beginning. This is where it all started. This is Let's go back to the beginning mm-hmm. where it all started. And then and in 1 John, he says, in the beginning, and it refers to that. Because there's, there's some people that say that the word brought up in John 1 mm-hmm. does not mean Jesus. Hmm. And yet in John 1 John 1, 
he goes back and he says, in the beginning, we touched and we listened to the word, hmm. referring to the same word he's referring to in John. So we, we can estimate that the word that is mentioned in John 1, 1, and with really through 5, is uh, Jesus Christ. That yeah. Jesus said, I am the word, and I was in the beginning. Um, you know, some of the things that I think are interesting, and in, in, in the study of creation— spent a lot of time listening to opposing views and different Christian perspectives. And one of them is uh, that, that like the snake in the garden, you know, they, they said was a predator. Well, hmm. the reality is we live and we have always lived in a world that was affected by death. Yeah. In the beginning, death did not exist. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere would have been completely different. The world, hmm. nature, everything, animals. We already know animals would have been different because in Revelation, it kind of points to what it would have been like in, in, in the Garden of Eden where the lion and the lamb laid together, mm-hmm. where death does not exist. Hmm. That's our future, the absence of death yeah. and what the world would look like. So when you interpret what John's saying, you have to recognize, one— in the beginning, there was no death. The Word was there, and it was present, and we ruled and reigned in that through the Word. And so when you look at John 1.1, and he says, and the Word was God, yeah. he, it really points, one, to the Trinity, mm-hmm. that the Father was there, yeah. that the Son was there, and we can also say the Holy Spirit was there, where we would say the Holy Spirit was there. And then... And then you can go on and say, was the word that Christ was there and that he was the, he was the word that created things. And the Bible's very clear because it says that all things were held together by his word, which, which is incredible to me because mm-hmm. uh, let me read this in Colossians in, in, in chapter 1, verse 16. Uh, it's 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 incredible to me because Jesus came one to reveal that Christ that God existed. Number one, yeah. He says so you couldn't see God, so we've never seen God. So how do we know He even exists? Mm-hmm. We know he exists because God showed His face through Jesus Christ. But if you if you read, it says in in Colossians one, it says the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Mm-hmm. For in Him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, and this is the big part, all things hold together. Well, science actually demonstrates that, that, um, and it's not a hard leap to get to, um, you know, when you take uh, what what this chair is or the table, and you go from the fact that you, if you break it down into atoms, you can break that down in electrons, neutrons, and protons. You break that down into quarks. If you take a quark and you break it down, it's vibrations. If God actually spoke a word and... And the vibrations, and it even says in Genesis that there was there he moved back and forth like a wave or a frequency hmm. moving yeah, back and over forth waters. over the waters. Yeah. The the word would have been a vibration that literally of power. And scientists hmm. can't explain where it comes from or what it is. Wow. They can explain how it works, but they can't explain what it is. So in the beginning, 
was this word power uh, that that when you slow it down, you know, uh, E equals MC squared, when you slow it down, it becomes matter. That God's word, perfect word, holds everything into order. <laughs> and what happened when death entered the world, we who are rulers and reigners over this earth, who God gave us authority and power to, begin to use our words to pull things out of order. Hmm. And we say, why do evil things happen in the world? Because man is powerful and sinful. And we live in a world that no that has been impacted by death, by the effects of death. We were the rulers of this earth, the governors of this earth. And, and essentially, uh, what we do when we speak, we say our kids are stupid. You say your kid's stupid, mm. your kid's stupid, your wow. kid's stupid. Essentially, what your words are doing is they are pulling that child out of order. But if you turn those words around and you come in alignment with God's truth mm. and you start saying God's truth, my child has been created perfectly to think and to reason exactly how uh, they need to do uh, uh, do it that perfectly that 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 there's nothing in their identity that's broken that that God has come to redeem has redeemed them and and they're smart and they're beautiful and you start, literally when you speak God's word to something you're commanding creation to come back into the order of crazy. God's word and you see order mm-hmm. which is super crazy like when people think. I think people have a really limited perspective on what Christianity is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that I've talked to, one, they'll ask me, uh, well, well, you believe in a God that allows uh, babies to have cancer. Yeah. I'm like, no. No. You you believe in a God that allows rape to happen. You believe in a God that committed genocide. You believe in a God that, and, and you always have to bring them back. I'm like, do you know that, you know, what Christians hold, what belief we hold is that the reason why there's death, sin, and destruction in the world is we chose that. We allowed sin and death to now reign in this world. Uh, and Jesus, the purpose of him coming was to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, right? which is a beautiful thing. And when we believe in Jesus, it's not just like, Oh, deuces to earth, I'm gone. But we get to participate with Christ and reconcile uh, God's people back to him in creation. Like you said, we were called to be stewards of the earth. And now we get to do the same thing by calling uh, uh, things back into order with our words and speaking life. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. And it's actually in Hebrews 11. If you have your Bibles, you can open that up. And like, this is not just a one verse thing, but it's found all throughout the Bible. And it's a long verse, a long scripture. It's one through 40. It talks about people in the Bible that didn't see things. Uh, they didn't see the final result of it, but they 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 lived out this faith, uh, even though they couldn't see in the first part in 11. Uh, verse 11, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their uh, commendation by faith. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen uh, was not made out of things that are visible, which is an amazing thing. And it goes down the list of 
by faith, Abel offered the... Which, which essentially just refers back to the Word. You know, they weren't visible. The Word became mm-hmm. visible and took its shape. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there's a scripture that says you call things that are not as though yep. they were, that you bring order. Mm-hmm. Like, you have the power to bring order to an atmosphere. Back back to what you're saying. It's like, why you, you serve a God that lets babies die of cancer. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, God gave life to that baby. Yeah. The existence. But the same people on another breath will say, well, you serve a God that's a slave driver. Mm-hmm. Which one is it? <clears throat> yeah. Is he the one that, that makes all the decisions and he controls everything and you're a robot? Or is he the one that gives free will and gives power to operate and govern on earth? Which one is it? Mm-hmm. He's either the dictator or yeah. he's the one that doesn't care about people. Mm-hmm. But it's always a perspective against God. Yeah. It's always a perspective without the presence of an enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 the people don't want to believe that there is a devil, yeah. that there is evil in the world, and yet we see evil all around us. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get to. If you're someone who's got an argument either way, well, why would God let a baby have... Well, there's evil in the world. There's thing that's the it's affected by death, by our not only decision in the garden, but our constant decision when we were born to just speak disorder all around us. Mm-hmm. God gave us the anointing or position to be rulers and to reign on earth. Yep. And every ruler or reign reigner on earth, whether you're a president or a king you create a culture Mm -hmm. and the culture you create is going to be a culture that lifts people up and brings life or doesn't. Mm -hmm. But God has given us that ability on earth to create that and bring order or disorder based on how we rule and reign on earth. I think people don't view themselves as being children of like made in God's image. Like from the very beginning, I think we also miss that part. Yeah. That, you know, like if you were created in God's image and there's a distinction between you and nature and animals, like, or more than just mammals and animals. So what does, what comes with that? It's the right. spirit of God uh, that he gave us in the, the beginning. He gave us a spirit. That's the reason why there is a heaven and a hell because we don't end here. We're not just worm right. food. We live for eternity. Right. And I think that is, that is something that, I think people have been tricked into believing they give way too much. I know we talked about an enemy, but I think people give way too much credit to the devil and the enemy. And it almost is. And I know non-Christians sometimes look at this like, well, there's just no accountability because you just blame it on the devil. All your actions are just the devil's fault. And it's, there's, there's no accountability. The reality is, is total accountability. Yeah. Because the devil can't make you do anything. Yeah. You have to submit to the devil. Mm -hmm. You know, Adam and Eve, the devil couldn't make them eat of the tree. No. He had to convince them to eat of the tree. So the responsibility ultimately falls back. And what did he say? What was, what was his temptation and what he said to Adam and Eve to get them to... Yeah, that to God sin. was holding out on them, that God wasn't giving them all... And if they were didn't. to eat the fruit, they would be... Like God, right. Which mm-hmm. is such an interesting... Which, is, which contributes a lot to the narcissism. But don't you mm-hmm. think, Alex, too, when you look around, mm-hmm. you, you look around the world today and we, we really want to blame everyone else for our decisions. Mm-hmm. And so we say... And, and, but we want 
all the consequences to be good. We yeah. want to do whatever we want, but we don't want to be responsible to accept the consequences that come from that, right? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're a type of people now that look at this. Now, this is not, I don't ever remember people accepting this reality. Mm -hmm. But today, we, we don't believe in hell, and we, we don't even believe in the devil, but we especially don't believe in hell because no one wants to believe that there's an eternal existence in hell. Everyone wants to say, oh, you mean you're going to spend an eternity? I just don't believe in hell because I don't believe if there is a God that he would put people in a lake of fire. This is a very simple thing. God does not send people to hell. Mm -hmm. He sends your sin and death to hell. He came to set you free from that sin and death. And how do you get free from it? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that that's why he came. It's your decision to go to hell. It's not his. We were all headed there. That's why Jesus came to set us free. And we all live by, we're all saved by the, the belief that he redeemed us. But there's this mentality today, even among some Christian leaders, that don't want to believe that God would. So everything is based on what we want our God to be, not who he is, not who he's revealed in the word to be. It's, it's based on our emotional yeah. uh, 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 emotional uh, viewpoint or perspective of what we think God should be. And then we develop our theology, not based on his word. We develop our theology and not based on what Christ said and not based on what, and in the beginning was the word, not based on what the word says, based on what my emotions want to believe. I want to believe this is true. And so I'm going to make it my truth. That's the, I like to say that when we come to why do babies have cancer? Jesus, like, you know, God gave babies with cancer. God gave, um, you, you know, we, we put our emotional understanding of the universe and then we establish it onto God and then we have the ability to judge him. I was telling a, an atheist that was on like one of our lives uh, and I was doing like a little Bible study and he started asking these questions and I have a fish tank now. And I think I've already talked about this. Uh, and now all I do is I just turn the phone and I'm like, that's, that's fishbowl thinking. Like you see these, these fish in this yeah. aquarium and like, it'd be like their ability to judge who I am. Now this is obviously not a direct parallel, yeah. but there's only a certain environment that they've been accustomed to. That's totally different. If you compare a fish and what they have to go through, through day to day. Imagine what the, their conversation is about you. Yeah. This dude only feeds me every other day, and man, he could clean this tank a little does bit more. Does he even exist? Like, yeah, does he exist? Yeah. Well, there's this magical, glorious hand that comes through, and it like feeds me, and, and every time we, we swim, swim around three times in a circle, then the food comes in, yeah. and, or if we're really good fish, then obviously it's not a direct parallel, but oftentimes when I get people with those comments, I'm like, first of all, like the argument is for a Christian that he's narrow-minded or they're, they're narcissistic. Um, but if you're going to keep that same, like, you know, idea and that line of thinking, if there is a God, I'm like, whatever it is, whether it's Buddha, whatever it's, it's Allah or like, you know, all those other religions, you know, whether it's a unicorn with that, it just all of a sudden sneezed pixie dust. And here we are, whatever it is, if they created us, who are you to judge their actions? Yeah, you know, it doesn't it, make sense. Everything, 
and I think the Bible is clear. And it comes back to this. In the beginning was the Word, mm-hmm. and the Word was with God. The Word was, was God. God. What is the Word? Jesus. We're talking, mm-hmm. it's referring to Jesus. Jesus, it says in Scripture that Jesus became the stumbling block. Yeah. Stumbling mm-hmm. stone to the Jewish people. Yeah. Right? Jesus is the the linchpin in all of this. Hmm. If Jesus is who he said he is, not only if he's God, not only do we know that um, what Jesus did to lead us to God is true, but he described who God was. Now, yeah. I've said this many times, and there's a lot of Christians that get upset and angry with me when I say this, but the reality is like even with um, Muslims, you know, Muslim come really from the, the line of Ishmael, which was the son of Abraham. And, and I personally believe that many Muslims have seen blessing because of the blessing that was put on Ishmael by Abraham. Uh, even though Jesus, the blessing of Christ, went through Isaac, which was the, 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 what, what they were wanting, the, the, the blessing went through Jewish people. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, Allah is... They're referring to the God of Abraham when they say Allah. Yeah. Allah means, it's Arabic for God, yeah. right? Jews are referring to our God, mm-hmm. right? But neither one have a description, clear description, a real, a true description of who God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they view, some view uh, Allah as this almost uh, tyrant of a God, um, Jewish people view him as a very legalistic and you, you have to appease him, God. And Christ came and he said, listen, he was talking to the Jews, by the way. He said, because his disciples were Jews, he was a Jew. When he came, he said, I am the direct, I represent God. When, when he says to um, Philip, he says, Philip, do you not know who I am? Like, do you not know that when you see me, you see the Father, that the Father's in me, and I am in, like, I, my presence here is proof to you that God exists, and my character and who I am and what you've experienced in me is the character of my Father. So if you want to know what's the way to God, there's only one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the only way to God. There's no other way to God but through me. Mm-hmm. So for those who say there's so many religions and you Christians won't accept any. Well, if you understood the word, Jesus said, there is only one way I met. And mm-hmm. what's happened in history, what happened in history, and this is a supports creationism for sure. People throughout history could look at creation and say, at the very elementary level, they could say, there's a creator. Mm-hmm. Who is this creator? And inside of people th- from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of history, they knew there was a creator and there was something in them that wanted to discover who it was. That's why it says in Romans 1, nobody has an excuse. Yeah. The creation submitted that there was a creator. So what many people do is they created this idea of who this God was, this creator, Mm -hmm. and they invented religions 
to try to explain the creator and who he was and what he was. That's how we end up with so many religions. Some say that the creator was multi-god. Yeah. Some people said that there they were most of them were multi-god, you know, the god mm-hmm. of the seasons, the god of the harvest, the god. But then you had the monotheistic religions that said no, it was and isn't it interesting the two real to real three monothe was Judaism, Islam and and uh, Christianity, which all revolve around the one true God of Abraham, the the God that spoke to Abraham. So um, how do you know that Jesus is the way? Because Jesus said he was. Mm -hmm. Because Jesus, who is real, existed, died. We know he died. History says he died. History also records that he rose from the dead. And, and, uh, anyone who can argue, just read the, the, the gospels. They were all different by written by different people that had eyewitness accounts of that. Yeah. The, you know, the interesting thing is, uh, before it, I would get really defensive and feel like I had to prove everybody wrong and like, mm-hmm. um, other religions and everything. But, you know, there was this book I read, it was faith seeking understanding. And it was talking about that. There's a little bit of truth to every religion, because in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 3.11, it talks about that God has set eternity in the heart yeah. of man. And even people questioning their existence and where they came from, it's so beautiful because it's like there's a bunch of uh, adopted kids, like orphans, that are looking for their father, which is such a beautiful thing. And and leading to that, it goes to what it says in, in John 1.5, uh, where in John uh, 1.5, it says, the light shines in the darkness, Jesus and the darkness has not overcome it. Now in the commentary, it says Jesus' light came during a dark time. According to the verse five, sadly, mankind did not respond very well. The second phrase of this verse is sometimes translated as the darkness did not overcome it or the darkness did not comprehend it. The original Greek word is katalabano, which can, I don't know if I said that one right. Uh, which can mean acquire, grasp, or lay hold of. Since light is associated with knowledge, this in part means that Jesus was not, is not understood by the world. Many people who reject the gospel do so because they misunderstood it. This inability to see Jesus for what he truly is has more to do with a person's stubbornness than their intellect. The evidence is there. But those who prefer darkness will not see it for what it is. This also has a sense of seizing as in taking possession. Of course, the world would physically grasp the person of Jesus, but it could not overcome the Messiah. And that's where we end with one through five. That is such an interesting thing where even Jesus says, not, not one has slipped from my hand. Mm-hmm. And, and if Jesus was in the very beginning, he had all our names. And John 10, it even says that the sheep know my voice, right. that we're created to know our father's voice, those who look and those who are seeking. Like, that's such like a beautiful thing that, um, you know, we were all like, I was an orphan once uh, and Jesus is the one that changed everything for Absolutely. me. I heard it. Yeah, I, I heard it, but I could not comprehend it. Yeah. I couldn't comprehend Jesus for who he he truly was. And it all it was literally was we could we talk about the knowledge all the time, but what it was was I when I had a thought come across the back of my brain 
and someone uh, was obedient in what God spoke to them and told, hey, go pray for that kid in front row and tell him that what he's thinking right now is not of him. It's me speaking to him. And it was the ve- it was like this veil that was taken off my eyes and was like, holy smokes, like that voice has always been talking to me. And I just misunderstood it. I didn't take Jesus for who he truly was. Yeah. You, you so know, what's interesting, you know, what's interesting is I, I don't think people really realize how just they're, they're not really pursuing the truth. No, they, yeah. they don't want to know if it's real or not. They've never, they, they just believe it's not real. The, the question I have is what if it is? In your mind, what if, have you ever stopped to say, you know, maybe it is real? Hmm. And if it is real, what am I missing? Yeah. What 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 have I not tapped into? I just I have not even opened the door for it to even be real in my life. So you hear you ask your team about the experience mm-hmm. of of it. Well, I can look at why I believe and explain it from my experience. Mm-hmm. I can also explain it biblically. Yeah. And anyone who says, well, yeah, you use the Bible and the Bible's not credible. Why is it not credible? Mm-hmm. I, I still don't understand why people still make the statement that the Bible's not credible. It is written by many different authors, a collection of books. It's not one book. It's mm-hmm. a collection of 66 separate books, many different authors. Doesn't mm-hmm. contradict itself. And it's the most ancient book we have. A collection yeah. of books we have, right? And we just throw it out? Mm-hmm. What other ancient books do we just throw out because we don't... For what reason? Mm-hmm. What reason would you do that? So not only do I have my experience, not only do I have the credible history of Jesus Christ, not only do I have the eyewitness accounts of people that recorded their their understanding and truth and what they discovered in the in the Bible... But I have science that also puts that that also supports what I believe, and I have common sense that supports what I believe. Mm-hmm. And and the reality is is when you get to a point, I, I don't think people realize how much they have to sacrifice common sense in order to keep their belief that there is no God. You ever heard the saying, um, "Do you want the good news or the bad news?" Yeah. I think uh, when it comes to Jesus, people would prefer the bad news because we're obsessed with the darkness. Now, when you say those words, no one thinks, I would prefer the darkness right? because they don't see sin as darkness. And they don't understand that, oh, I would rather to get the bad news first. Like, would you give me the bad news? Right. Because the alternative is Jesus, and we have misconceptions that block our true view of who Jesus really is, like it said in that that verse, 1 through 5, like 1, 1, 5, John 1, 5. It's such a an interesting thought, um, man. I love I love the Bible. It's it's great, and it, it and if you read it for what it is, it'll change your life. Because when you when you know who Jesus is, this is all a love letter to you. That this is God's word to you, and um, I would challenge you read John uh, one through five after you're done with this podcast. Read it. And don't put your thoughts on it um, and don't put your human emotions attached to it, uh, but read it and let the Bible read you 
uh, and let it convict those thoughts. And, and if it was, if we are made in God's image and God spoke the world into uh, existence, what would that look like in our life, uh, in our sphere of influence? How would that, how would that look? And if we really do have that type of authority, how would we be carrying ourselves? Um, but any closing thoughts finishing this? I think when you stop to consider one, that Christ God is not holding out on you. Mm -hmm. God wants to give like this whole thing of Christianity is not about it. it, It's not about behavior. Mm -hmm. It's not about whether we, we drink, smoke, chew or date girls who do. It's not, it's not all of that. Mm-hmm. This is about a relationship with the Creator, yeah, and and relationship with the One who holds everything together mm-hmm. with His powerful Word, yeah. And the, and maybe you're watching this podcast and your life is a mess, hmm. and you and you're listening to us and you've been told God doesn't exist, hmm. and I'm telling you, I know He exists, and and if you want order in your life. You have to the, go to the one who created it all in hmm. perfect order. Mm-hmm. Death is responsible for all of the things that are out of order hmm. in our life. It was the introduction of death into the world and evil into the world came yeah. from it because man opened the door and invited death in. Yeah. It's like if you have a garden, the goal is to keep the weeds out of the garden. Yeah. But if you let the weeds get in the garden, the weeds propagate. They mm-hmm. they begin to take over the garden. You got to keep pulling them out. We're yeah. living in a world that isn't getting better. And if evolution is true, if it's true, then the world should be getting better. But what in our world is getting better? You know, earlier on in creation, man lived 900 and some years. Man can barely make 100 years, 90 years now. Is it getting better? Are we living longer? Have we evolved? No, man was living a lot longer, and now we're living less long. Before the flood, man was living hundreds of years. After the flood, we weren't. You look at society around us and the disorder in our culture, and maybe in your own, you're sitting there and you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with mental uh, illness things, and your life is falling apart. I I just want to be very clear. In the beginning was the Word. Mm -hmm. The Word. When it was perfect, the Word. And that Word, as it says in John, holds everything together. If you'll start to declare the word mm-hmm. Christ and his words to those situations, you'll start to see order starting to come into place, but it takes believing. You have to believe in your heart that it's going to make a difference. And, and I guess Alex, what I would say is this is an opportunity to, to just say, you know what? I want to know if it's true or not. And the best way you can do that is saying, I'm going all in. I'm going to mm-hmm. believe in my heart that this is true. And I'm going to ask God, and, and what I would encourage anyone listening to this, you, you have to ask God, if you're there, I want to know you. If you're mm-hmm. there, I want to experience you. I don't want to be a rebel if you exist. Mm-hmm. I want to be, be in line with your word and accept it. And, and maybe you don't understand why things happen in your life, and that's okay. Things happen in mine, I don't understand. But I do know this. God's a good God, mm-hmm. and he's been good to me, and he's put a lot of things in order that we're out of order and I've spoken his word to it and I've seen things work out mm-hmm. only can be explained 
by the fact that his word brought it into order. Mm -hmm. So back to John 1, 1, in the beginning was God. Before you were here was God. Mm -hmm. he, he knows way more. He, he gets it. He understands it. He understands you. He created you. He has a plan for you. And, and uh, he'll put things into order. So. Yeah. And created, uh, it's so much better. Like, I don't, you didn't even, if you don't have the word in your life, and if you've never encountered, you know, Christianity or this, this man named Jesus, uh, you know, you've, you haven't lived your true purpose. The things that you think that you're going to be missing out on, um, the comparison is so much different, uh, because you've never even truly experienced what order and what you were created and intended for, which was, uh, a direct connection relationship with your, uh, creator. If you're watching, we are in a sermon series called in the beginning. This is why we wanted to talk about, uh, John one. Uh, so I'd encourage you, you can go on our YouTube right now. This will be posted here. You can watch our last message, uh, really talked about the tenets of atheism and the ideology of believing that there is no God and really, um, how much faith that takes rather than believing that there is just something there. And so that's what we talked about the first week. And you can also join us this Sunday uh, on Facebook and YouTube at 9.30 a.m. We would love for you to join us online or in person at any of our three locations. We're a church based in Minnesota and Farmington, Richfield, and Apple Valley. Uh, we love you. Pray that you would connect with us this week. We'd love to answer any questions or just get you plugged in uh, to our ministry. Uh, we love you guys, and uh, we will see you next week.